Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Ah, feels good to be in church today, right? I got up early this morning. It was like five degrees. And the devil's saying, go back to bed. I said, no, I got to preach today. I'm, I'm excited. And I am excited to be with you today. I, I pray that you set your expectations uh, high. Somebody said, well, I don't have any expectations. Well, that's what you get when you come with no expectations is nothing. And so I just challenge you right now from the beginning, go ahead and open your heart and say, Lord, whatever you want from me today, I'm going to get mine. Amen. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to, uh, to share this last uh, couple of services of the weekend. We already had one more and we have one more at 1215. But it's always a privilege and honor to, to stand uh, here on this stage. Um, just such reverence for what has happened on this stage through our pastors and the other communicators. We're blessed people. I said, we're blessed people. We're blessed to have uh, passionate pe- pastors that believe in people. I love the saying that we have here at IFC. It's, it's not about building a great church. It's about building great people. And when you build great people week in and week out, guess what? The church grows and expands because of the people. And so turn to your neighbor and say, it's all about you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, that means you too. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, I was living in Southern California, and I was a student pastor uh, at, a, at a church there in Temecula, California. And this particular year, we were going to a youth camp. And on the way to the youth camp, I asked the pastor's son who was sitting in the van seat next to me. I was driving. You know, old school, youth pastors drove the van to, to camp. You know, they got 15 rowdy ones packed in there. Anybody ever go to youth camp? Remember those days, all that nonsense? Stuff that goes on in and out of, anyways, we won't get into that. But I was, I was excited, you know, I was pumped for going to camp. And uh, we had been to this camp three or four times together with a few other churches. And I leaned over to the pastor's son, his name was Caleb. And I said, Caleb, are you pumped for camp? And he said, not, not, not really, Pastor Josh. And I said, you're not pumped, man? Like, you better get pumped. We're going to camp. This is going to be awesome. And he said, no, 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 not really, Pastor Josh. And I was like, what in the world? Like, this kid needs to be excited. I mean, he's the one everybody else is looking to. He said, you know, it's just going to be predictable. And I said, predictable? We're going to summer camp. What's predictable about summer camp? And he said, well, you know, tonight, you know, they're going to have this guy get up and he's going to speak and he's going to preach, you know, hellfire and brimstone, you know, get your life right, turn or burn, quit sinning, start living. I said, yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's probably going to happen. He said, you know, and then tomorrow we're going to have this morning session and, and they're going to talk about, you know, disciplines and having discipline in your life and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, you're, you're right. And he said, can't you see why I'm not excited? He said, it's so predictable. He said, tomorrow night, he said, they're going to have some other guy get up and we're going to have a boohoo service. I said, a boohoo service? What's a boohoo service? He said, you know where they guilt you into coming to the altar? And crying your guts out before the Lord. <coughs> I said, a boo-hoo service. He said, you watch tomorrow night. They're going to take time and they're going to they're gonna drag the service out for hours and hours and hours until everybody's down there crying their guts out. And I'm thinking through the past few years of youth camp and I'm like, man, this kid is dialed in. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Why am I excited? He's not excited. And you know what? That Friday night, that Saturday morning, and Saturday night, it was a playbook that he had shared with me driving up to the camp. It was exactly the same. And so on the way down from camp, he's kind of looking at me, you know, told you so, you know, kind of that look. You ever gotten that look from a teenager? Like, yeah, you're so smart, aren't you? And I, I, I told him, I said, Caleb, I promise. I said, we'll never go to another camp like that again. And so I began to pray because camps were kind of our deal for students. It was kind of the the epitome of our year from student ministry to go away and get a weekend with God. And the Lord said, I want you to take the students this next year, and I want you to take them out to the desert. I want you to take them to Joshua Tree National Park with no hype, no strings attached, no technology. I want you to go and go hiking. And I want you to go rock climbing, and I want you to go mountain climbing, and I want you to camp in tents, take all the things that they think are going to happen away from them. That way I can happen. That way I can meet with them. That way I can do something for them. (coughs) Excuse me. And so we did just that. We took the kids, and we went camping and hiking and climbing. 
and we just happened to go on a full moon weekend. And so we had planned this hike for Saturday night to leave our camp space in the early evening. As the sun was going down, we were going to hike the mountain. And when we would reach the summit of the mountain, the sun would have gone down and the, the full moon would be coming up and we were going to have a prayer time and, a, and a, just a, a fun time up there praying and reflecting on nature and God and all that stuff, you know. And so I, I, I was excited. I'm pumped. Let's go. We get everybody, you know, to the trailhead and, and we get there and I'm excited. And, and, and all of a sudden, there's some kids that are like, we don't want to go. Like, what do you mean I want to go? We're going to hike this mountain, dude. This is going to be awesome. We're going to climb up as the sun's going down. The moon's going to come up. You're going to be able to see the whole park. 360-degree view. It's like 6,000 feet. This is going to be killer. What's wrong with you? And Ken starts saying, I don't want to go. It's going to be too dark. Oh, we're going to have to come down in the dark with our headlamps. I'm like, come on, let's go. And so we began to start that hike. And on that hike, I identified three types of students. And today, I'll identify them to you as just three types of people. You got your notebooks out? You ready? The first type of person is a quitter. The second kind of person is a camper. And then the third kind of person is a climber. You know, we hadn't even gotten out of the parking lot, and there was kids already saying, I don't want to go. It's too high. I've never climbed a mountain before. I, I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could climb out of bed in the morning. They start making up all kinds of excuses when they see the actual mountain that we're climbing. And I said, man, you guys can stay, do what you want. I'm going. I, I planned this. We're going. You want to sit here? Go ahead. You can quit, but I'm going to climb. And man, so we begin to climb, and there's a group of us that we're excited, and we're pumped, and we begin to go up this mountain, and it's switchback after switchback. And man, it was fun. It was exciting. And then we get to these places about halfway on the mountain where it was a little lookout spot. Anybody ever been mountain hiking? And they have these places carved out. It's a lookout so you can see where you're at. And so we'd stop and we'd take pictures and we'd look. And man, some of the students are saying, man, look how far we've come. And we'd see people that are starting the hike way down at the bottom. They look like ants. And we're looking down there and say, man, that's where we started. But this isn't where we're going to finish. And I'd point to the top and say, that's where we're going. And some of the kids are like, yeah, let's go. And they would take off running, man. They were excited. But at that moment, there was other kids who said, you know what? Uh, Pastor Josh, I think I'm just going to stay right here. <sighs> I'm tired, man. You mean we got to climb all the way back down this after coming up here? Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't you guys just go ahead? I'm just going to stay right here. And they, they sat down right there and decided to just to camp out. You know, some people in life, they're just campers. They don't want to go and reach everything that God has for them. They get contained and, 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 and okay with where they are. Then you know what? This is how they talk. This is how campers talk. Well, we've, we've gone further than most. We don't need to go all the way up there. I mean, it looks like if we get up further, it's going to be actually a lot steeper and harder. I, I think I'll just stay right here. I mean, I have a great view of, of where I've come from, and I'll be able to see you guys up there. I'm just going to stay right here. You know, that's how a lot of people live their life. Comfortable. Find a place that, that is, is, is relaxing. And they admonish themselves. They, I mean, they get excited. They, they pat themselves on the back. I've come further than most. Most people would never come here. Look at me. I made it halfway up the mountain. While those guys were squabbling about staying there, there was another group of students who, while they were talking, had already taken off and they were running up the trail. They were yelling, I'm going to beat you to the top. I'll meet you there. You better not quit. I better see you at the top. And man, they begin to bolt on. Those are people that we call climbers. I like this. I wrote this down. Climbers press on when others retreat. Climbers are resilient and persistent, for they see the goal and will settle for nothing less than reaching it. That's who you're called to be. Listen to me. You're called to be a climber in 2018. I came to share something with you today. God's not called you to quit on the mountain that he's given you to possess. He's not called you to get halfway through your journey in this life and to settle down and say, you know what? In 2018, I'm just going to kick back and relax because I've been working hard. Listen, 2018 is the year of the climber. 
2018 is the year of the man and woman that desire to press on to get everything that God has for them. Will that be you? I said, will that be you? For some of you, in this day, you'll have some time of reflection this afternoon and this evening as you wait watching the TV ball to drop. You'll be thinking about this time last year. You'll be thinking about the first quarter and the second quarter. And as many of us do today, we will reflect on what was this year for us. And for some of us, it won't be a great time of rejoicing. It'll actually be a time of sorrow because we'll realize that this year we quit before it even began. Through hardships and tests and trials and circumstances and, and the, the, the tests and things of life around us, we'll look back and say, you know what? I didn't really do that much. I, I quit. And for others, we'll say, man, I could have done so much more. I had so much more potential in me. There were so many things that God showed me, but I, I just got comfortable and I camped out. I challenge you as you reflect on those things today that you make a decision that you won't quit in 2018. That you make a decision that you won't camp out and find a comfortable spot in life, but that you'll make a decision that 2018 you will reach and fulfill everything that God's called you to do. That you'll continue climbing when others slow down. That you'll press on when life seems to be hard because you'll never take your eyes off the prize and realize, man, there's something waiting for me up there. 2018, the year of the climber, the year of the pursuer, the year of the dreamer, the year of the, the visionary. Let's talk about it. Joshua 14, verse 6, there's a story of a man named Caleb. And it's, he's a climber. Caleb was a climber. He says to the people of Judah, they came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephaniah, the Kenizzite, he began to spoke to Joshua. These guys are best friends. These are, these are buddies, man. These are, this is a tight crew. And Caleb said to Joshua, you'll remember what God said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me. Some of us need friends like that. They'll remind you of what God spoke to you. Concerning you and me back at Kadesh Barnea, for I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me and you from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back an honest and accurate report. But my companions who went with me, they discouraged the people. But I, I love this, I stuck to my guns, totally with God, my God. That was the day that Moses solemnly promised that the land on which your feet have walked, that will be your inheritance. For you and your children's forever, for you have totally lived for God. Now look at me. Turn to your neighbor and say, now look at me. Say, now look at me. He says, now look at me. God has kept me alive as he promised. And it's now 45 years since God spoke those words to us. Years in which Israel wandered in the wilderness. And I'm here today at 85 years old. I love this part. He says, I'm as strong as I was the day that Moses sent me out. I'm as strong as I ever was in battle, whether I'm coming or going. So give me this hill country that God promised me. One translation says, give me this mountain. One translation makes it possessive. He says, give me my mountain. Turn to your neighbor and say, give me my mountain. Turn to your other neighbor and say, get your mountain. Give me this hill country that God promised me. See, you yourself heard the report, Joshua, that there was Anakim, which, which are giants. They were there with their great fortresses and their cities. But if God goes with me, I will drive them out just as God has said and promised. Verse 13, Joshua blessed him. And he gave Hebron to Caleb as an inheritance. For Hebron belongs to Caleb still to this day because he gave himself totally to God, the God of Israel. I want to title this message today, The Mountains Are Calling. The Mountains Are Calling. 
There was something that happened inside of Joshua and Caleb when they walked that route 45 years earlier. Something happened to them. They got a vision of the future that God had for them. The Bible says that Moses said, wherever your feet walk, wherever your foot lands, it's blessed and it's yours. It's not just an inheritance to you. It's an inheritance to your children and your children's children and your children's children's children forever. Listen, when you get a word from the Lord and you see a picture of what the mountain looks like, it does something in you. Listen, there's mountains calling each and one of us. There's a mountain that's calling your name today. Say, come and take me. Come and possess me. I belong to you. For some of us, last year was a quitting year. For some of us, last year was a camping year. But I declare for this church that 2018, this will be a house of climbers. This will be a determined group of people that say, no matter what the world throws against me, I'm going to get what belongs to me because it's my inheritance. And for us as parents, we're going to claim what belongs to us so that our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids can live out what God has given to us. Will that be you? Will that be you? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, will that be you? Will you climb this year? I want to talk to you for a few minutes about how to possess the mountains in our life. How do we possess this? Because it's not just going to happen on accident. John Maxwell's got a great book. You should read it at the beginning of this year called Intentional Living. Everything that God has for you is intentional. It's not accidental. It's not even circumstantial. It's intentional that we obtain what God has given to us and what belongs to us. So how do we do it? Here's the first thing the Lord told me for me and my family. The way you're going to possess your mountain, number one, is you're going to have to remember what God has spoken to you. You're going to have to remember. You're going to have to remember what God has spoken to you. Caleb in this verse told Joshua, remember what Moses said to us. The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and your children's inheritance forever. He's telling him this 45 years after that statement was made. Let me tell you something. God's intention was not to send out spies to get a 45-year strategy on how to take those mountains. God's intention was that they would go and see what he had set aside for them and they would come back full of faith and full of power and go up and possess it at once. But because of murmuring and squandering, and we'll get to that, they went to wait 45 years. Some of them had forgotten what was promised. Some of them had forgotten what was spoken to them over the last 45 years. You know, being a dad has, has changed me in so many ways, but one of the great things is my son reminds me of stuff I forgot about. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old boy, and he rem if you tell him something, he's going to remind you that you said that. Like this last week, he was going to bed, and I said, hey, tomorrow, why don't we give mom a break, and me and you get up, and we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese. His eyes lit up, and he said, did you say Chuck E. Cheese? I said, Chuck E. Cheese, dude, me and you, tomorrow. We're going to get tickets. We're going to get cotton, the whole thing. And you know what? First thing that next morning, he said, Daddy. Chuck E. Cheese, right? <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, the, the Christmas Eve, we were, we were uh, winding down that night and he wanted to tear into all the presents. And I said, you got to wait till tomorrow's Christmas. We'll open the presents tomorrow. Well, I want to open them now. And he's grabbing them and shaking. I said, put them down. You can open one present. So he opens the present and he's freaking out, man. He wants to open them all. And I said, mama said in the morning when you come down, you can open your stocking. And then she's going to cook this amazing breakfast with thick cut bacon and toast and cinnamon rolls. And it's going to be awesome. And, 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 we're gonna, and then after breakfast, we'll open the presents. You know, he came down 6.30, 6.45 that morning. We live in an old home. I could hear him coming down the stairs, creak, the steps creaking. And we were sitting in the living room waiting on him. He comes down just enough. He stops. And the, the stockings are hung on, the, on the, uh, the banister of where he's coming down. And he looks over and he starts pointing at these. And I said, Merry Christmas. 
And I said, what are you doing? And he just smiled. He's pointing at his stocking. I said, what are you doing? He said, you said we could open the stockings first. I said, you can open the stockings. So we got him and tore into it. He reminds me of stuff all the time. Last night, I'll give you one more. We're, we're sitting on the couch, and Steph had a friend over, and they were chatting, and, and, and I was getting ready to put him into bed, and I was twiddling my mustache. And I was twisting it up like a handlebar mustache, just like this, just acting goofy, and I was talking to him. And I said, Dad, he's going to preach tomorrow. And he said, what are you going to preach? I said, I'm going to preach about handlebar mustaches. And I was twisting my mustache up, and I was just playing. He's laughing. And this morning, as I'm putting his shoes on this morning, he said, you preaching today? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, about your mustache? And he started laughing. You know, there's something about that that ought to be a reminder to us that we should never forget what our father tells us. If daddy says, we go into Chuck E. Cheese, man, you can bank on it. We go into Chuck E. Cheese. Listen, if daddy said we get to open the, the, the stockings before the presents, you can guarantee dad's going to do what he said he's going to do. If our natural fathers are this good to us, how much more is our heavenly father? When he says, I'll take you out of the wilderness and I'll give you every piece of property that your feet walk on. Why don't we remember that? So many of us are too quick to forget because we've been wandering in the desert for so long. Listen, 2018 is your year of remembrance. It's your year of reminding him what he said in his word. I like what R.W. Shambach, I've been listening to him a lot over the last few days. Probably my favorite preacher to ever live. He said, if God said it, he'll do it. And if he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Some of you need to write that down. If God said it, he's going to do it. And if he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. Maybe not in your timing, but in the perfect timing. This is the year that we remind the Lord what belongs to us. It's the year that we remind the devil what he's stolen from us. We're taking it back. Listen, we're going to have to get a possessive mentality to take the mountains. When something belongs to you, it's quick to say, hey, idiot, that's mine. Give me that back. Come on, dummy, that's my stuff. We were at the preschool with Hunter the other day, man, and the kids are fighting over the toys like crazy. Hunter's grabbing stuff out of kids' hands, saying, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. I'm like, actually, those aren't your toys. Those are somebody else's toys, the school's toys. But you know what? There's something about that fervent tenacity that needs to happen on the inside of us this year that we say, no, 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 that belongs to me. No, 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 that health and healing, that belongs to me. No, 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 this financial situation is done long enough. That prosperity belongs to me. I put up with the marriage problems long enough. I command peace that belongs in my house right now. Listen, when you get possessive, all of a sudden, you just find yourself taking back stuff you didn't even know belonged to you. It's time that we remember what the Lord has said to us. Matthew 24, 35 says heaven, says, heaven and earth shall pass away. All this natural stuff that we look at, it's going to pass away. And the only thing that's going to remain is my word. It's time, it's time that we dig into the word. If you don't know what belongs to you, go get in the book and find out. 66 books of promises that belong to you. It's your time to know what belongs to you. You can't possess it if you don't know it belongs to you. Mary waited 30 years for a promise that an angel brought her. For 30 years, people thought she's crazy. She wasn't crazy the day Jesus turned water into wine. She was dancing a jig at that wedding. You ever seen somebody get crunk at a wedding? Mary was throwing down that day. You know why? Because for 30 years, everybody been saying, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. He's just a carpenter. It's just Joseph's boy. And she said, no, this is the miracle worker. This is the Messiah. This is the one that's going to bring God and man back together for a purpose. Joseph in a jail cell daily had to remind himself of the dreams and vision that God had shown him 20, 30 years before this. Some of you found yourself in a jail cell mentally. In 2017, you need to get out of that jail set prison mentality in 2018 and remind yourself of what God spoke to you in the night. His vision is not for you to rot and die. It's for you to flourish and to rule and to reign in every situation. Joseph had a dream, and he reminded himself 
I believe Joseph was a self-talker, one of those guys that talks to himself. There ain't nothing wrong with talking to yourself as long as you're saying the right thing. Some of us this year, we're going to have to talk ourselves into remembering what God promised to us. Think about the young boy, David, who out of all of his brothers was the last to be picked to even show up to meet Samuel. And in one moment's time, he says, this is the guy. He's the one. He's the next king of Israel. Hand me that oil, dude, and starts dumping oil over his head. It was 17 years before he even ruled Judah. And it was 25 years before he ever became the king of Israel. What did God speak to you 17 years ago? What is it that God put in your heart 25 years ago? What is it for some of you that six months ago, man, the Lord spoke to you? Listen, you better remember it. And you better bring it up to his remembrance. The Bible says that that's what this is all about, is us showing him his word and reminding him. Hey, hey, Lord, you said that, that my bills and my needs are supposed to be met. So, so I'm claiming this for 2018, all my bills paid in full, fully resourced and funded to do what God's called me to do. Amen. Are you guys awake? For some of you, your marriage has been going through this or that for so many years, but God promised you a help meet, someone to come alongside of you and to do life with. This is the year of restoration in our marriages if you'll take it and own it for yourself because it belongs to you. Year of possession, the year of reminder, the second thing the Lord told me about 2018 for, for myself. And again, you take this and do what you want with it. To possess my mountain, I'm going to have to move forward with those who believe like me. I'm going to have to move forward, not backwards, forward with those who believe like me. In Numbers 13, 30, we find the story of Joshua and Caleb right after they came back from spying out the land. And Caleb interrupted everyone and called for silence before Moses. And he said, let's go up and take the land now, for we can do it. But the others said, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They begin to spread scary rumors amongst the people of Israel. And they begin to say, you know, we scouted that land out from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everything we saw around us was huge. Why even the Nephilim? Why the giants of Anak? Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers. And they looked down on us as if, they were, as if we were grasshoppers. You're going to have to get in line with people that believe the way you believe if you're going to possess the promised land for your life. For some of us, this year will be a, a year of releasing those that are going in different directions that you've been trying to hold on to. Well, why have we been camping? Well, it's because you've been camping with the wrong people. Sometimes people will hold you back based on their lack of vision or lack of faith. And when we find ourselves in situations that we can't understand, maybe we don't need to look at ourselves, but actually look at the company in which we keep. Joshua and Caleb were sent with 12. Total of 12. 10 came back and said, we can't do it. We're going to get squashed. We're going to get crushed. There's giants in that land. Those city walls are high. And they began to go and talk to everybody else. Hey, man, you need to hear me. I was there. I saw it. I'm talking to your kids, man. This is going to affect your kids. This is going to affect your livestock and the stuff you brought, man. This is going to be crazy if we do this. We, we should go back. Keith, you should bring your crew. We should go back, man. I was there. I saw this. And all of a sudden, the Bible says they begin to squander and, and, and tell stories to create fear. All of a sudden, man, these two get ticked off and say, oh, 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 hold on a second. Yes, it is big. And yes, it is big walls. But don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. This is ours. He didn't bring us to this point to stop. Remember when we smacked the rock and, and the water came out? You remember that? You remember when the pillar of cloud and the fire by night that the Holy Spirit was leading us? Do you remember that? Listen. Not everybody's going to go with you mountain climbing. Hear me say this. Not everybody wants to go on the journey that God's called you to go on. So in 2018, man, you're going to have to do inspection of those that are around you because some of them aren't moving forward. 
Oh man, I'm preaching right now. Some, some of us are going to have to say, you're, you're, you, we love you. We love you. We're with you. But we're going on. And I've been spending a lot of time, more, most of my time talking to you is listening to your nonsense about how everything's going wrong in your life. I love you. I'm praying for you. But I ain't staying here anymore. I got to go on over here. Some of you need to get involved in a life group and find yourself connected to people who are doing life the way you want to do it, that they believe like you do. Luke chapter 5 says there was a paralytic man. He couldn't get to Jesus. But because he had surrounded himself with men who were full of faith and full of power, they picked him up and carried him to the place where his miracle was. And they didn't just drop him off at the door and say, hey, man, fend for yourself. We got you here. Go on. No, no, no. Man, they climbed up on top of that roof and ripped those shingles open and lowered him down. 2018, I'm, I'm finding those kind of people. In 2018, I don't have time for all the nonsense hearing about everything that's going wrong in your life. How everybody's done you wrong. Listen, I'm done with excuses. I'm time to climb. I'm going to find some other guys who say, man, come hell or high water. I'm reaching the summit this year. Somewhere, somehow, I'm going on with God. You want to reach and possess the mountains and the blessings you have? Look around you. And assess your friendships. Assess your relationships. I had a good friend of mine tell me this many years ago when I was a teenager, and it's some of the best advice that I've ever heard. And he said, the four closest people in your life will determine the trajectory of your future. Think about it. Think about who you spend all your time on the phone with, who you spend time drinking coffee with, who you've been hanging out with at the sports club, at the gym. Think about all the people that get the majority of your time. Do they believe like you? And are they going forward with you? For some of us, we've camped out because we still try to pull people up and, and, and get pulled forward. And it's a constant battle back and forth. 2018, man, you should cut the cord and say, hey, I got to go because I'm going this way with these guys. I'm going this way to get everything that belongs to me. I'll give you another nugget. You ain't going to reach your summit alone. You're not going to reach your promised land by yourself. God has created the body of Christ. Many intricate working parts of the body. We all work together so he can work through us. You want to find out how to move forward? Get on a team. Join a team and serve here at IFC. There's some mountain climbers in these teams. Get in a life group. Talk to Pastor Tom. Get in with a group of guys or a group of women or a group of families that have made a decision to believe the same way and push people towards God instead of pulling people away from God. Man, that's good preaching. It's, it's important. Do you understand the value of relationships? Third the third thing the Lord spoke to me about possessing my mountain is he said you need to speak faith over every area of your life. To speak faith over every area of your life. What does that mean to speak faith, Pastor? What, what does that mean? I mean, how, how do you speak faith? Here's what Caleb said. This, this is how faith sounds. He said, I'm as strong as I ever was. Listen, I'm 42 years old. I'm not old, but I'm feeling it, man. Some of y'all laughing because you've been feeling it. Man, something in my elbows this is the last few months. Man, I, these guys invited me to play golf, and I told Tom, I can't play golf because my elbows hurt my, right there, right, right there. Just You know what? Listen, your body doesn't dictate what you do with your life. Your, your age has no factor in this. It's the word of your mouth that determines whether you'll go on or not. He says, I'm as strong as I was the day Moses sent me out to spy out the land. I'm as strong in battle as I ever was. Just an 85-year-old man talking about kicking butt and taking names. You remember when I was 40, Jack? I'm the same dude. Check it out. I mean, he was confident. What is that? That's the voice of faith. I'm sure if you looked at him, he may not have looked like he was strong and well able, but he's saying it and declaring it out of his mouth. I'm as strong as I ever was in battle, coming or going, so give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. If God goes with me, I'll drive them out. 
for us to possess the mountains that God has for us in this new year. It's going to require you to open your mouth. It's going to require you to, to speak faith over every situation you come up against. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Your words, they kill, or your words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit, and you get to choose. Maybe the fruit of 2017 is the product of what you said over 2017. For those of us that quit or camped, maybe it wasn't that we did anything other than just we said the wrong things and put ourselves in the wrong situations. Here's the thing. I believe that your words, they build or they tear down. They give life or they create death. One translation says they're containers. Your words are containers. They either carry fear or they're full of faith. How am I going to do this? You're going to create a, a new vernacular of how you say things, a new way of speaking in 2018. When you want to say, this stinks, that guy's an idiot, I'm never going to make it, they're never going to see it, guess what? You need to stop and hold that in. I'm never going to get the raise. They're going to give it to somebody else. Listen, hold on. Don't say that out loud. Don't release that. You know what you should say? Man, I'm highly favored of God. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. I find myself in situations I don't even belong in. Why? Because I'm full of faith. Because I'm God's man. Because he's given me a promise. Give me my stuff. Listen, your voice is a tool. I forgot it. I was going to bring my axe today. I've got a, a, an ice climbing axe. You know what an ice climbing axe looks like? It's a big long stick and it's got a blade on this end and a pick on the other end. That represents your words. Chip it away at some things that don't belong there so you can stick it in something to pull yourself up higher. Get a visual of this. To go ice climbing, you've got to have a tool. And you've got to chip away the loose junk that's going to fall away and get anchored in something that's going to hold so you can pull yourself up and step up to see where God's called you to go. That's what your words do. Your words create a place and a position of stability. This is the year of speaking. This is the year to open your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, I give you permission to talk. I give you permission to speak faith. Listen, if your marriage isn't where it needs to be, speak life over it. If you hate your spouse, speak life over them. If you're tired of living in the same rundown place you've been living in, speak life over your home and your place of residence. If your kids are not where they need to be with God, speak life over those kids. Well, he ain't never going to turn out to do anything. He's always screwing around. If he calls me one more time for the police station, I swear to God, listen, you just cursed your son. He's the head and not the tail. He's above and not beneath. He's surrounded by godly friends that push him towards God. He hears the voice of the good shepherd, the voice of the stranger. He will not follow. All of a sudden, you find yourself calling, your son calls and say, man, I want to come over for dinner. You what? We haven't seen him in two years. All of a sudden, you find your faith that you spoke is dragging your stuff to your house. I like the old preacher. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he used to talk about calling money in like he was calling his dog in. Hey, Chester. Y'all have dogs? Hey, Chester. You let him outside, and then you got to go to work, right? And so you're like, hey, come on, come on. Let's go inside. Let's get in here. Come on. Hey, Chester. Let's go, man. Hey, hey, Chester. Then when you got to step off the porch into the snow to go get Chester, your voice changes, right? Hey, right now, I said get over here. And then what happens? He don't come. What do you do? You go out there and you grab that dog by the back of the head and say, you get in that house right now. Don't act like I'm being cruel to animals. Y'all do the same thing. You ever been late? And your kids are screwing around and they ain't put their shoes and socks on? Come on, man. Let's go. Get your shoes on. He ain't even got his socks on, honey. Get his socks on. You better get your socks on. I'm going to beat you 10 ways from Tuesday. Let's go. Why? Because you want something. You're demanding it, right? Why don't we take that same angle with what belongs to us? 
Money, come to me now. Some of us do it this way. Hey, money. Hey, hey, money. Come on, honey. Honey, money, come on. Come to me. Come to me. I'm blessed. And guess what? Money ain't coming to you. In fact, money's running from you. It's constantly like, hey, oh, I thought we had somebody. He just took off and ran out the back door, out the backyard. Listen, when we get a possession of faith with our mouth, it sounds different than normal talk. It has an aggression and an ownership and a responsibility. You having money problems? Start talking to your money different. Stop patty caking with money. It serves you. You don't serve it. When you talk to your money, it's not like, hey, I could use some more, Lord. It's, hey, I need what belongs to me right now. I got bills to pay, Jack. I got tuition to pay, dude. I got medical stuff that's going on. You said you'd supply all my needs. Some money, come right now. Yeah, that sounds kind of wishy-washy. It's not for those of us that are doing it. I said, it's not for those that are doing it. Well, I tried it and it didn't work. Guess what? You don't try it. You do it. Faith possesses. Man, I hope you can hear this. I wish I could say it to you the way I heard it. This isn't a try thing. This isn't, well, I'm going to do it for six weeks and if it don't work, then... Listen, this is a principle. I'll tell you how much of a principle it is. If you really believe that way, then most of you wouldn't even be saved. How'd you get saved? How'd you get saved? We believed in our heart and did what with our mouth? And what did we attach to the confession? What? We attached what? We attached faith. So we're not trying to get saved. I don't wake every morning and say, well, I hope I'm saved today. No, I'm saved. Well, how do you know you're saved? By faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10, by faith, I believed, and because I believed, I spoke it. You want to possess your mountain? Believe that it's yours. And speak it with an aggression just as much as you know you're saved. I didn't get to preach that part in the first service, so thank you. Let me go there. Listen, speaking over our life is how we claim things, our jobs, our kids, speaking over our callings and our giftings. Our responsibilities, the fourth and final thing that we're going to have to do to to claim our mountain is we have to give ourselves totally to God. We're going to have to give ourselves totally to God in a new way in 2018. What does it mean to give yourself totally to God? Moses said, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance, Caleb. And your children's forever and forever. Yes, because you have lived totally. Everybody say totally. Because you've lived totally for God. The scripture goes on to say Joshua blessed him. And he gave him Hebron. He gave him that mountain as an inheritance. Because he gave himself totally. Everybody say totally. Totally to God. See, giving yourself totally to God is a key and crucial step to obtaining your mountain. Mark 12, verse 30 says, Give, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is what totally means. It means completely, absolutely, entirely, wholly, thoroughly, Fully, utterly, absolutely, perfectly, unreservedly, unconditioned, no strings attached, altogether, downright more. One translation of the word totally says, in every way, in every aspect, 100%, every inch. How do we obtain? The promises that God has for us. We submit our life, our plans, our will totally to Him. Great thing about this church and many other churches and in just a few days, in fact, next Sunday we will begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why are y'all going to do 21 days, man? That sounds like a long time. Well, typically it takes 21 days to start a habit. So we're going to start a new habit in 2018 by consecrating and giving ourselves wholly and totally to God. 
I challenge you to join us. We're going to talk more about it next weekend and, and the, the times of prayer and, and what fasting looks like. But I want to challenge you to prepare your heart. Today is this end years that you'll begin your new year in 2018 with your sights set on what God has for you and totally focused on that. My wife would tell you and some of the close people around in my life, they would tell you, I'm a great starter. I just ain't the best finisher. You ever start a workout plan? How many, how many started? Come on, be honest, you started a workout plan. How many of you didn't finish that workout plan? Like day three, you're like, dude, my arms really hurt. I, th- I think I tore my meniscus. Honey, look at my meniscus. Is that my meniscus? It's not your meniscus, that's your tricep. I know, but it hurts like my meniscus. Look at it. Just me? Or you started the fast last year and, and you decide you're going to go all out. The first year I fasted, man, we're going to do it. We're going to go Daniel style. Seriously, the Daniel fast. It's what all the big preachers do, you know, Daniel fast. Grains and nuts, no sugar, no coffee, no taste, no fulfillment. And you're gung-ho, man, until day three, and you're at the dinner table like this, conked out, because you ain't had nothing in you, man. And then you look at your wife, you say, oh, she's like, are you sleeping at the dinner table? No, 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 I, th- I think I just heard a word from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he said, I, he said, yeah, I did, honey. He, he said, I don't need to fast the rest of 20 minutes. I got everything I need right now. <laughs> Bring on the ice cream. When you totally give yourself to God, it means that there's no other agenda. It's actually the only agenda. It's a great way to start a new year in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I would challenge you, don't make any plans. Don't make any plans in 20, for the first 21 days. Make no plans. Go to work, come home, be with your family, eat dinner and pray and be quiet. Turn the TV off for 21 days and tell me God doesn't speak to you. Put away the junk food and the things that you crave for 21 days and focus on just eating what you need to eat so you can focus on listening to what you need to hear. When you give your totally self totally to God, it means, he said it in one translation, it means unreservedly. That means like, hey, um, God, I'll follow you, but don't forget on Tuesday night, I got that thing. You know, the thing with the boys where we hang out and that thing, you know, we do all that. It's the same. I can't miss it. The guys are going to be upset if we do that. No, then you just reserve time outside of the total. Are you hearing me? This is, totally means totally, unreservedly, focused, intentional. Will you give yourself totally to God? Listen, that's why Joshua gave Caleb this mountain. It's actually the only reason that it says in the scripture, all those other things, it doesn't say any of those. It says he gave it to him because he had totally given himself to God. Amen. Let's pray. I want to ask you before we pray, just just a couple of questions. Maybe you look back today as you reflect. Go ahead and close your eyes right where you sit. As you reflect today, some of you will look back on this year and you, you'll sum your year up as a quitter, that you quit before you ever began. It looked too difficult. It looked too hard. For others of us, we'll look back today and we'll look at this year and we'll say, man, I, I could have gone further. I could have done more. I, I got comfortable. I camped out. For some of you, man, you'll pat yourself on the back and you'll be encouraged. You kept climbing all year long. You kept climbing and climbing and climbing and you're higher than you were last year and you're further along than you were the year before. Wherever you find yourself, as you reflect today on this year closing and a new year opening, let me challenge you. Make a decision to climb this year. Make a decision to be like Joshua and Caleb, one that remembers the promises, one that speaks faith, one that surrounds themselves with other faith-like people. And one who will give himself totally to God. And maybe you're here today and you've never made a commitment like that. You know, it's hard to make a commitment like that in your own might. Or in your own power or your own abilities. And the truth is, God hasn't called us to do these things and reach these heights in our life. And tackle mountains and receive inheritances in our own strength. That's why he sent Jesus die on a cross for you. Not just to die on a cross. We talk a lot about the cross. We don't talk about enough about the resurrection. 
Jesus died, but he rose from the dead. Oh yeah, well he died. I know, but he ain't dead now. He was in a tomb for three days. And then he came out victoriously, triumphant, over everything that he took to that cross. So today, I extend to you the ability to live like Christ in a resurrection lifestyle this year. Not held back by sickness, not held back by relationships, not held back or bound to financial situations or or torment in your mind or confusion. God's called you to a place to rule and reign with him. All you got to do is accept it. All you got to do is understand that's, that sounds like me. That sounds like, that sounds like what I want. I've been doing this my way. I want to do it that way. That sounds much better. If you're here today and you say, man, I, I want to do that. Oh, I want to live the life that Jesus created for me, that he, that he died for and rose again. I want to receive that kind of life this year. Would you just raise your hand right where you sit? I want to pray for you. I got you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You say, man, I, I did it my own way. Yes, I see you in the back. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Right here in the front, I see you. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else want to join them and say, yes, I see you guys. Count me in. Count me in the prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Absolutely. Pastor, I don't want to live as a camper. I don't want to be a quitter. As you're talking, I feel faith arising in me. I'm called to climb. I got more in me. My, My life ain't over yet. I got more to do. I got more to see. If that's you and that's your heart, man, if that's what's beating, raise your hand and say, man, I want to accept Christ. I want that. I need that. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I got you. Got you. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's just a decision. Go forward with God. Let's do this together. Some of us have prayed this prayer before, but quite a few people today, this is their very first time making this commitment. Let's join them in, 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 in asking the Lord to, to walk with us this year. Would you say this out loud, out of your mouth, if you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand, just say this, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus, your Son, came and died on a cross for me, for my sins, for my mistakes, But you raised him from the dead so that I could live victorious in this year, in this time, in this season. So Lord, I commit totally to you. Have your way in my life this year. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for having me.